Hey, what's good, my amazing friends? Uh, I hope you had a great week. This is The Remedy, and I am your host, Sarah Grace, also known as Sarah Amazing Grace. Oh, you guys, I am so stoked to have you here with me again for another week. And thank you so much for um, all of the comments and DMs. You guys flooded my inboxes everywhere, <laughs> and I am so stoked. And you know what? Not a single one of them was negative after last week. Uh, I don't know if God is protecting me or if uh, the mail just hasn't arrived. You know what I'm saying? From last week's podcast, an apple a day can lead you astray. I kind of really put myself out there speaking some truth that a lot of people don't want to hear right now. And I fully expected there to just be a whole lot of haterade up in my (laughs) Uh, up in my messages, but there wasn't. And it was actually a whole lot of love. And um, (laughs) I just want to thank you. I thank you guys for reaching out and overcoming what could have been evil with good. (laughs) So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anyway, you guys, I'm going to get into it. This week is, uh, it's not going to be controversial. No, but this episode may not be for everyone. In fact, I know it's not for everyone. I know that not everyone has walked through the valley of the shadow of death, and that's okay. But many of you have. And so um, I, had a, I had a good friend uh, years ago who said, you know, I haven't even known anyone who's died. And for them, when someone came to them with you know, death or or a hard subject like that, they really didn't have much life experience to pour into someone else. And that's okay. They may have other life experiences that the Lord is going to use in people's lives. But for me, uh, I can't relate to that. <laughs> I've been touched by death more times than I can even count in my life. I've loved and known so many people who are now beyond the veil that uh, when I meet someone who hasn't lost someone really close to them, uh, I'm a little bit envious maybe. Um, Also, it's something that is uh, hard for maybe them to relate to the place where I'm coming from. And for me, maybe hard to relate uh, with where they're coming from also, which is why I say that maybe this show might not be for everyone, but for those who are walking through that shadow of death right now, or just tragedy in general, or hard times, or maybe you're not walking through it right now, maybe you already walked through it. And the lingering of the grief, grief, you guys, this show is, it's about grief. And so I say it's not for everyone, but I say that it is for the chosen ones. The ones who have endured great, great hardship, immense loss, life-shattering circumstances that are unrelatable by most, or even sometimes unrelatable by anyone else. To those of you who have walked through the deep, deep valley, the shadow of the valley of death, and whose hearts have been forever changed by unspeakable losses, and that is why I call you or us, the chosen ones. And I believe that we are chosen to endure what we have walked through and ultimately chosen for a greater purpose. But the chosen, that'll be for an episode down the road. We're not going to get into why I feel like we are chosen. 
Instead, I had a week, you guys, a week that, man, brought the rain. (laughs) And so I want to talk about being blessed, being blessed through grief. Have you ever stopped to think about that? Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Have you ever thought about blessed? Blessed are those who mourn. (laughs) I'm going to be real, you guys. I mean, not that I'm not always real, (laughs) but man, sometimes I lay myself out there. And so I guess today I'm going to be raw for you guys and open up about some heavy circumstances that I have endured in my life. This week, Sarah is getting vulnerable. (laughs) In my life, I've known a lot of loss, and that is just how my life has gone. I mean, at least thus far. I hope that maybe I've paid my dues and it's not going to be that way from here on out. But Psalms 56, 8 says, you keep track of all of my sorrows and you have collected all of my tears in a bottle. You have recorded each one in your book. Man, I can only imagine the bottle of tears that God has kept for me. Uh, I imagine it's about the size of the silos in Waco at Magnolia or a giant cistern because a tiny tear bottle, it ain't. And my book, it finna be a novel. That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. I would be here all day if I listed all of the people that I've lost in my life, but I'm just going to say that it's many, many and deep sorrow. And I miss each one who has crossed over. And in June, I will probably talk about uh, the month of June for me, uh, what, what that represents. But I've lost about 10 people just in the month of June alone that were very, very close to me. But this week, I'm not talking about that. This week, I'm going to talk about the biggest grief in my life. And that is the loss of my children. So when I was a teenager, I got pregnant. And I've talked about this before on the podcast. I've talked about it on other podcasts. And if you've seen me maybe speak at a a conference, you've maybe heard me reference this before. But I had an abortion when I was a teenager, something that I regret deeply. And I grieved from the moment that it happened. And it's one of those horrendous decisions in your life that you wish you could go back. And if I could change anything, all of the mistakes in my life, I wouldn't change most of them or almost all of them because they have brought me to where I am today and who I am today. But that one decision, I would go back and change that in a heartbeat, but I can't anyway. But that tremendous grief over what I did led to a tremendous desire to be a mom and to have a baby, as often happens when you are grieving over the loss of your child, you want to replace that. And so, not that you can ever replace your child, but at any rate, just being real, I had an overwhelming desire to get pregnant again and to have my own children. I had this aching in my soul, knowing that my child was gone and that I was ready to have a child and not feel that grief that was gnawing away inside. And so at that time, I wanted nothing more than to have a baby. And it was my soul's ache. My deepest desire was to 
hold my own babies. Anyway, so fast forward, I get married. And oh my gosh, I was so excited right away. Like we are going to try and have a baby right away. (sighs) And we didn't get pregnant. And so that right away led us to doctor's visits to find out what was going on. We narrowed it down to an issue that was going on with my husband and we had to have some major surgeries or he did have some major surgeries. They found a tumor in his pelvis and he ended up having to have uh, that removed plus some surgeries on the inside that would allow us to conceive naturally. And things did not go as I had planned. God, of course, knows every moment of our lives and the steps of our lives are ordered. I really believe that. But that was not the steps that I had ordered. (laughs) You know what I mean? And so what it came down to was that we would never be able to conceive naturally, which for me with my heart aching to have a baby was like, no, 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 this is like terrible news. And not only do we have to take fertility steps, but then we have to do like the highest, biggest ones in vitro fertilization, but with like even extra crazy uh, steps. And we had to like hire special doctors and, and embryologists and stuff to, you know, just get us to the place where we could even get pregnant or have embryos to get pregnant. Anyway, leading up to this moment of me becoming pregnant and We had total success creating, well, God created life. We had embryos. And you guys, I got pregnant. My dream happened and it was amazing. And I was pregnant with twins and it was like, oh my gosh, all of that grief, all of that pain and all of the surgeries and all the stuff. Gosh, it was all worth it. I mean, just crazy. All the years of us like, you know, working to save money because IVF is not cheap. And if you're listening to this outside of the United States, uh, we don't have healthcare uh, coverage that covers fertility treatments. Most of the time, it's all out of pocket, and it is a very expensive. Anyway, so we get to the point where we um, are pregnant, and you guys, I couldn't even begin to describe to you how overjoyed and how happy and how excited and oh my gosh, my dreams are finally coming true. I mean, that uh, uh, started back when I was 17. And, you know, here I am, I'm, I'm uh, got married at 25. And we had to, it took us several years to save up enough money to be able to pay cash for all of these treatments. So I started this when I was 30. So you can imagine the 13 years of building this desire in my heart, and it's finally happening. And I'm so I'm I'm so close to that finish line of being able to hold my children. We had climbed the mountain, you guys, and then we got a call. One of the babies inside had died. And I mean, I never expected that to happen. But okay. So okay, we have one baby inside, you know, it's okay. It's okay. And then a few weeks more went by and the ultrasound showed that our second baby didn't have a heartbeat either. My world shattered, you guys. And thus began the next four years of treatments and rounds and getting pregnant. And then ultimately, each pregnancy would end in the death of our baby or babies if I'd been pregnant with more than one. 
varying ages, varying stages of pregnancy, but they all went home to be with the Lord. And I couldn't believe that this was my life. I couldn't believe that this was real, but it was. And so after four years of enduring this unbelievable hardship, broken heart, beyond my wildest nightmare imagination, we come to the final end. We have no more specimen to use of my husband's and my last and final embryos are implanted and this is it. And I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God would not bring us this far for us not to have our miracle, our rainbow baby. I know that that is not going to happen. And so we get pregnant, you guys, and the pregnancy is fantastic. (laughs) It's going amazing. And I knew it. I knew that God, you brought us this far. What a miracle and all of that pain and that grief. It was worth it because during that time, My husband, Eric, got radically saved, and during that time, our lives were changed for the kingdom of heaven and serving the Lord, and I knew that this was it. This was the reason why all of that had happened, and so now was the time, and like we're going to bring these babies. I got pregnant with twins, and we were going to bring these babies into a home where both parents were surrendered to the Lord, and we were going to raise these children to be warriors for Christ. And man, we <laughs> everything was going so awesome. Our ultrasounds and the babies were healthy. Everything was going great. And then we got another call. There was deformity, and we lost one of the babies. But the other baby was healthy. Everything was okay. And I thought, no, we are not going down this road again. I know that God's not going to bring us this far to go through this. And everything else was smooth sailing. So, okay, this is it. And we're just going to have one child and it's going to be this miracle child. And I just, I cannot wait. I can't wait. Smooth sailing. Everything is going great. We were even released from the specialists to just regular OBGYN and the Lord had brought us to this very last moment. And wow, God, perfect timing. And I finally started to relax into being pregnant and getting my life situated. And I went for, you know, one of my routine ultrasounds and I had let my guard down and everything, well, everything was fine. And (laughs) I leave and I get a call from my doctor. No, no, this cannot be happening. This cannot be happening. God, I, I prayed. I believed. I ha- God, I, I had no doubt. There was no doubt. I had the faith to move mountains. And so we reached out to everyone we knew. Thousands of people were praying for our baby. And I knew that God hadn't brought us this far in the story and this many people involved to end here. This baby was going to be healthy and fine and life. And he's gone. That cannot be. God doesn't allow this kind of stuff, does he? He doesn't. I mean, I had already buried over a dozen of our children. And this was my miracle baby. This was my Lazarus moment. And I know it. They're going to call back and say it was their mistake. And somehow he's alive. I really believed that, you guys. With everything in me, I believed that. I believed it all the way until I held him in my hands. I believed that. Until I buried him, I believed it. 
The grief that came was massive. I was broken. I was shattered. That actually doesn't even come close to describing what I was going through. Blessed, blessed are those who mourn hardly. More like cursed, rejected, destroyed, angry. Oh, absolutely. I was so angry at God, you guys. I was so distraught that I wanted to end my life. But I was so angry at God. You know what stopped me from ending my life was because I didn't want to see God. (laughs) I didn't want to see him. I also didn't want to, you know, go to the other place and not see God. (laughs) But I didn't want to be in the presence of the one who gave life, but took all 18 of our children home. Yes, ultimately, it was 18 of our little embryos that were called home. Blessed? Why would Jesus say, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted? In Matthew 5, verse 4. God's ways, you guys, are mysterious. They definitely are not like anything in this world or of this world. And those who try and relate to God using worldly wisdom, you're never going to be able to put those pieces, those puzzle pieces together because they don't fit. And so a lot of people, they want to be the I am. They end up starting to create God maybe in their own image because it's more relatable, because we don't understand sometimes, oftentimes, most of the time, we just don't understand. And it's a lot easier to believe that somehow we are in control and that we are little gods ourselves than to open our lives up for the examination under an almighty God, a God that would allow unspeakable tragedies to befall some people. And I know that some of you out there listening to this are like, whoa, I've never been through something like that. But some of you out there listening, I know you know this grief. I know you know this unspeakable pain. I know that you can't understand. What I came to know through all of this was that I got to see the hand of God in my life over time move me through that dark, deep, thick goo of grief. He led me to a place that only He could, that no one else could. In that grief, in this moment, The Lord brought me to a place that no man in this world, no woman, no nothing of this world would ever fix. I was destroyed. But God came in and picked up the pieces, the shattered pieces. You know what? It wasn't even pieces. I was ashes. The word says that he returns beauty for ashes. And in my life, that's exactly, exactly what happens. And if we If we let God lead us through the painfulness, step by step, you know, Romans 8.28 is often dismissed as being dismissive, that God works all things together for the good of those who love God and who are called chosen according to his purposes. I put the chosen in there because, again, we'll get into that in a a deeper podcast in in another episode. But you guys, it's not dismissive. It's really true. It is absolutely true that even those darkest things in our life that are absolutely life-shattering, if we allow God in, He will, 
He absolutely will. He will use the circumstance that you thought was hopeless, and he will turn it for good. What the enemy meant for evil, God means for good, and it's he works all things together for good. For those who love God and are called according to his purposes. You guys, it would be a two-hour long podcast if I talked about all the times the Lord had to take each piece and glue it together. And in the gluing, something miraculous happened in my life and another piece and another batch of glue, gold glue, <laughs> and another piece and, and another piece. And sometimes maybe the pieces didn't fit perfectly together anymore. But when the light of the Lord was allowed inside this vessel, his light would shine out. And, and at first it was like, I don't, I don't want you, God, to make good out of this. The good would have been for me to hold my children. But God had something totally different. And while I, I don't understand, I don't understand. And someday I know God showed me, he showed me in one of my moments of absolute laying on the floor grief. He said, you don't understand now, but someday you will know and it'll be right. And I knew in that moment that that is absolutely the truth. I don't understand now, and you may not understand now, but from my observation over time and having walked through some of these pretty heavy situations, we don't understand now, but someday we will know why. And in the space of time and history and everything, all the ripples in the pond and everything coming together, it'll be right. It just doesn't seem right right now. And in my experience, some of the reasons that things are allowed in our life are to shape us, to mold us, again, to put the pieces back together in a more beautiful way, in a more beautiful broken way, a more useful way, in a way that the light shines through the way that a stained glass, broken pieces welded together with heat and metal and fire. But ultimately, when it is all put together and the sun shines through it, it's a breathtaking piece. Isaiah 48.10 says, I have refined you, but not as silver is refined. Rather, I have refined you in the furnace of suffering. C.S. Lewis says that we can ignore even pleasure, but pain insists upon being attended to. That God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks in our conscience, but shouts in our pain. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. So what happened this week, you guys, to spark this podcast about blessed are those who mourn? Well, this week, one of our best friends, they had a baby. And um, I went and visited her in the hospital. Her perfect, oh, precious, what a precious little guy he is. Oh, I, got to, I got to hold that squishy little muffin and Oh my gosh, you guys, I am so overjoyed for them. I am so stoked. What a beautiful, perfect little guy. And this family, we love them so much. And um, I, I know that they are going to raise him in the ways everlasting. And, you know, it's super awesome. And what a gift it is to hold a new life. 
And you guys, even though like I've been refined through this and I that I am like for real, seriously, totally overjoyed for them and I fully trust God and I know that, you know, everything that I've been through someday, you know, we'll know why and it'll be right and I am blessed because I have been comforted by the hand of God and I've seen God's hand in my life and that he's used my loss to show himself in a very real way to my own self and more importantly to others. I know all of that. I know all of that 100%. But even still, when I walked out of that hospital and across the parking lot to my car and I opened up my car door and I could barely drag myself into the driver's seat and close the door before I burst into tears. And these were the kind of tears that were like a Texas thunderstorm. I wept so hard that I could hardly see straight to drive home. I had to sit in that parking lot for almost an hour, weeping guttural cries out to the Lord of pain and anguish for the knowing that in this life, those things that I had wanted and desired and hoped for, holding my child and seeing their face, seeing my face reflected back and my husband's face reflected back and hearing someone call me mom, that I will never know those joys, at least not in this life. And sometimes the pain of grief, you guys, even after you've been comforted, even after you have seen the hand of God, even after God has spoken and breathed his life into your life, into your circumstances, I want to be real with you and let you know that sometimes the pain remains. When I talked about my injuries and how I had been healed, you guys, to the point where I was not in a wheelchair for the rest of my life, but Occasionally, I still have ripples of the leftover injury, and it reminds me how far the Lord has brought me. The same is true with the ripples of grief. It's still there inside of me, even though I have been comforted. And sometimes that pain is so heavy that it, it's like a wave, and it feels like it's going to drown me, but it doesn't. And the Lord comes in, and reminds me, he reminded me, you guys, of how far he brought me and how that time in my life has been used radically to change other people's lives. Who knows what my life would be like or look like if my children had lived, but because my children live now in the presence of God, and I know that I will see them again eternally for now. My life, my life, and this journey that I've been on gets to impact the lives of countless others. I've stood in rooms full of people, and I have spoken about the faithfulness of God when it seems hopeless, even when it doesn't appear the way that I expect it to appear. It's the way that God wrote it to be. And ultimately, It will be more beautiful because it'll be God's hand that is moved through it. And when I look at it in the light of that, I realize that I was chosen for this. And blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. This same week, as I opened up my iPhone, I'm I'm writing this show. 
And I've been praying like, Lord, remind me, remind me of all of the times your hand has moved since. Remind me of those blessings, the blessings in the comforting, in your comforting. Remind me, Lord. And this week, one by one, it, it was it was this, it was that. It was this piece that I married to this other piece, which then was married to another piece, which then became this shape. And that shape I used in this way. And it was like, wow, thank you for your faithfulness, God. Yes, I can say that now. I can say that. I opened up my iPhone this week and the iPhone it randomly goes through your photo albums and will give you a, a photo of the day, you know, and it might be from even a few years ago. It's just some random photo. And this week, as I'm talking to the Lord about grief, the picture of the day was my dear friend and what we called each other soul sisters, Micah. And Micah had brain cancer and she passed away two years ago, almost two years ago, not quite, but almost two years ago. As I said, I've had a lot of loss in my life, and Micah, Micah is one of those losses. So Micah popped up in my iPhone pictures, and I just happened to, because here I am writing this show about grief, I sent the picture to her mom in a text message and telling her mom how much I miss Micah and that Micah is never forgotten and that I love her and I can't wait to see her in her perfected body. I know that Micah is alive just beyond the veil and that um, that I will never forget her. One of the things that Micah asked me before she died, she said, Sarah, don't forget me. And Micah, if you are listening to this, girl, I will never forget you. 10,000 years and forevermore. But I sent that to her mom and I'm going to keep and cherish her mom's words back private and personal. I'm not going to share them here, but in her words that she poured out to me, I could almost hear the waves of her own grief crashing like an ocean soundtrack in the background. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. The blessing is in the comforting. It's being comforted in a supernatural way through seeing, feeling, and experiencing the hand of God Almighty moving in and through your life. To get to see the hand of the Almighty move in your life, you guys, is a gift. And once you see it, once you have experienced it, you'll know what I'm referring to. It's the impossible made possible before your eyes. It's those unexplainable supernatural moments. It's peace that passes all understanding that comes upon you in moments when you should be a sniveling puddle in the ground, unable to get up somehow supernaturally, you are able. And maybe down the road, there's a woman who appears in your life or a man who appears in your life who's walking a similar road. And you, you are able to be the one that God uses in their life to show the love of the Father the breath of life and shining light from your own circumstances into theirs. You guys, I can't count how many times that that has happened to me regarding the circumstances surrounding us losing our children. How many women have been brought into my life by the hand of God 
and that God has been able to pour out through my vessel with holes in it, my heavenly stained glass colander, (laughs) where he pours out through me and I sprinkle onto others. It's 2 Corinthians 1, 4 in action where he comforts us in our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we are able to give them the same comfort that God has given us. And if you are walking through hard, life-shattering grief, I am so sorry. I grieve with you. Romans 12, 15 tells us to mourn with those who mourn, and we do. I've heard it said also that grief is the price of love. And you know what? In my life, that has been absolutely true. But sheesh, grief is such a steep price. Steep. And being comforted doesn't mean that your grief is gone or removed. Case in point, me crying my eyes out in the parking lot of the hospital. But it puts a perspective in place so that you won't be consumed by it. And when you see the hand of the Almighty God the creator of heaven and earth and all things in it, the creator of you and me, when his face shines upon you and you experience his comfort and all that goes with it, whoa. Be ready to have your mind blown wide open and your life changed in supernatural ways beyond your wildest imagination. Blessed are those who are comforted for real real. Listen, if you need someone to pray for you, reach out. Ask Grace at gmail.com or any of my social media. I'd love to pray for you guys. I love you. And until next week, peace. <laughs>